Hello and welcome to Horror Nights in Podcast with me, your host, Crystal, where I talk about anything and all horror. So on this podcast, I give you my honest and horrific opinion on a different horror movie every week. I drop spoilers, I never lie, I always keep it real. Sometimes I do specials and sometimes I have co-hosts, which is the case this evening. Obviously, you know that because you clicked on this podcast. So this evening is the Valentine's Day special and we have Patrick who has been on the show multiple times before. Um, So to keep up with all things horror and the Horror Nights in podcast, please join my Twitter family by following me at HorrorDaddiesRS. Uh, We have a lot of fun over there. I love interacting and chatting with you guys, so please join in. And be sure to follow me um, on whatever app you use. I'm available for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. So, hello, Patrick. How are you? I'm pretty well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm pretty good. You know, it's actually been a lot nicer in the Philly area um, these past couple days. Uh, How is it in Ohio over there with you? Uh, it's like good Ohio weather where we were in the 60s earlier this week and now we're back in the 20s. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what's going on with the world, but that's okay. Uh, so anyway, we are going to talk about some upcoming horror and then we are going to get into Valentine's Day and why it's a stupid fucking holiday. <laughs> and um, then we're going to be comparing and contrasting by uh, My Bloody Valentine. So we'll get more into those details later. But for now, we're going to talk about upcoming horror, and um, I actually want to talk about two, and because um, the one literally just popped into my head right now. Um, so the first one we're going to talk about is uh, Pet Cemetery. Now, I'm not super familiar with this film. Uh, Patrick actually is. So I'm going to have Patrick kind of start it off, um, and then I'll just jump in whenever. So Patrick, oh. thoughts on Pet Cemetery? The trailer was released... Um, this week, correct? Like a couple days ago? The second trailer, yeah. The second trailer for the film. And, you know, maybe had they not released it, my hype level still would have been extremely high. Um, I think this the second trailer, while not maybe um, spoilerish or um, shocking to people who are unfamiliar with either the Stephen King novel or the 1980s, I think it was 1980s, maybe 1990s, um, movie, they're not going to pick up on on things that were in this new trailer that I think upsets a lot of fans or or maybe makes them a little bit apprehensive about the film. Because, um, but also there's a flip side to the coin too, because they're doing things that, weren't in the original movie that were in the book that I'm excited to see them explore those avenues, but without going into details, cause I don't want to, uh, I know we talk spoilers on here you mm-hmm. know, with our movies, but since this is kind of an upcoming movie and if you don't know anything about the prior film or, or the book, um, I don't want to kind of give anything away for that or, nor do if you are familiar with the other film or book, I don't want to upset you if you're trying to avoid their spoilers. 
Um, but they've changed, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinion, uh, they've changed a very uh, important story point from the source material from, from well, the Well, book. we can talk about it because uh, I read a whole bunch of articles on it already. Like, they've been putting it out. So if you know sure. what I mean, like this is I, – I, there's a disclaimer that we that there are spoilers. So you can absolutely say what the spoiler is. All right, so they they've they've changed the the fact that Gage, who is the the two year old, the toddler, is the one that gets run over by a truck, and that Lewis, the dad, buries in in the pet cemetery to bring back to life to his daughter, the older daughter, and. I, I understand that. I think that the filmmakers are trying to differentiate themselves from the original film, not so much from the source material from the book, but from the first film. And, and in my opinion, my personal opinion, so don't come at me, um, <laughs> is that that really hurts the story itself. Not, not just... I mean, I think it weakens, the, weakens it. Because the, the daughter... Uh, plays a very important part um, in the novel and in the, in the original film of trying to kind of make sure that these events don't transpire. And, uh, and now that's kind of completely changed. And it's going to... So I can see where if you're not familiar with that original source material or, or the film that that's that's not going to surprise you or it's not you're not going to realize that that's a spoiler. Yeah, that's true. When you're right, and when you're kind of knowledgeable of of the original film in the book, it it, it is a spoiler because it's something that we weren't expecting or that we had no prior knowledge to. And I think had they not revealed that in the second trailer, um, there would have been something that would have surprised us in the audience. Also, I think that because the movie doesn't come out for another two months, uh, or actually... Yeah, two months. Um, that now you're going to have a certain su- uh, subset of your fan base that is going to be upset or, or going to write articles about it or going to get in debates about whether or not this is a good choice. Whereas had they not revealed that in a, in a trailer, we all would have been exposed to it at the same time and we wouldn't be allowed to be reactionary or kind of contemplate that i that change a whole lot we'd have to just deal with it while we're in the movie and then see it within the context of the film that they're trying to put out and so i think that my excitement level for it has dropped Mm -hmm. but i'm still going to see it i'm still going to give it a shot for sure absolutely one of my um one of my big Big pet peeves is when people tell people not to go see a movie because same of same I hate that. that. I think I talked about that on another podcast too. I was actually I I forget what movie because um, I like to after I watch a horror movie and I make all my notes. I like to go onto YouTube and kind of see other reviewers and see what they think. And there was this one uh, reviewer I watched in particular, and I think it was. I think it was for House of a Thousand Corpses and or it was for something and the guy who was making the the review he was just he was saying like don't watch this movie don't see this movie it's a terrible movie and I remember 
I, I, it must have not been for a house of thousand corpses because I would have said it in our podcast. I honestly right. don't remember what it was for one I did by myself. I'm trying to remember what movie it was. Um, but yeah, the reviewer was like, this movie sucks. Like, don't ever see this movie. And I just, I hate when people say that. Like, if I want to go see the movie, I'm going to go see the movie. And, uh, and like, I always say at the end of all my podcasts, I always say like whether I like the movie or not, and then I say go watch it for yourself and come up with your own opinion. Right. So I, I absolutely I used to agree. Work at a at a movie theater, and I was an usher at, at the movie theater, and um, I would have people come up to me for personal recommendations because they knew I saw most of these movies that you know came in because we that was part of our perks as we got to see them early, mm-hmm. and um, I knew my regulars well enough to be able to give them at least an informed opinion on what their personal taste was, knowing what they've seen in the past and knowing whether or not being like, Hey, yeah, you may not like it. So I would, this is another one you may like instead. If you, if this is what you would rather spend your money on, uh, on that aspect, but I never straight out told someone not to see, not to see a film. Now there are films that I personally, I will not watch, but that's only on my personal recommendation. Like that's me saying, I will not watch that film, but I'm never going to force someone else not That's to watch true. it. That's true. Another mm-hmm. example, uh, I got into a, a, a kind of a Facebook fight with... Uh, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm hardly ever on there anymore. But I got into <laughs> a Facebook fight with uh, some people, actually with a reviewer, with a reviewing site that mainly does um, reviews on, uh, you know, uh, high-definition TVs, uh 4K Blu-ray players, uh, you know, Blu-rays and all that stuff, just, talk, you know, talking about picture quality and, and uh, home releases and stuff. And they had done a review for uh, Transformers the last night. Now, regardless of what your opinion is of the Transformer movies as a whole, uh, personally, I've liked them. They're not the smartest piece of cinema, but they're enjoyable. Uh, yeah. There are some issues with some of the films. But I saw that one, and I really, the last, well, it's not the last one because you had Bumblebee, but that last, uh, that last night film, I really enjoyed it. I liked things that they set up. I was really hyped. And then, of course, I see the Rotten Tomatoes score, and the Rotten Tomatoes score is low, but the audience score is kind of high. And then I go home, and I'm looking on my phone, and I see this site do this review saying, they're going to keep making them unless you stop seeing them. And I didn't um... have to read the full review to understand what their message is, is to don't, don't go see this movie. Regardless yeah. of what, you know, just don't go see it. And so I kind of, I wrote a comment uh, kind of saying, hey, you know, it's not fair to to say that just because you didn't like the film doesn't mean other people might like it. And when you're degrading people for liking the film, that's not. Oh, that's my God. It's like either. it's like the politics and, of movies. It's so, yeah, it's like the politics of movies. It's so yeah. it's, it's the same exact thing. Like it's it's exactly the same thing. Like you have to respect the opinions of people who want who like the movie or who want to see the movie. I hate I hate when people do that when they say, "Oh, I can't believe you actually like that movie," or "I can't believe you actually are going to go see that movie." Like, bitch, it's I'm it's my fucking eyeballs. Like, I'm going to be the one who's watching it. Like, fuck you. Exactly. I totally agree with what you're saying. I this nice like eloquent thought out argument. I I totally opinion. believe that. Yeah. Absolutely. You probably were very very, very respectful and oh, said it yeah. in a very mature you know non-controversial way kind of just being like don't fucking tell people what to do right and and so they came back and they said well we didn't tell people to to not see this movie and uh I, your tagline hello <laughs> and i said 
you're right here in the premise of your title. I was going to say, yeah. not going to see them. And then finally, this other guy who writes one sentence says, well, brainless entertainment only entertains the brainless. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me, wait a minute. Here's a well-thought-out argument with points, and you can't pick apart any of the points I'm saying. You're just going in and lumping in. I finally had, uh, had left it off after that, but I, I did have some people kind of come to my defense, and because that's just my approach with film in general. You know, with horror, uh, I'm, I'm a lot, I'm pretty lenient on what horror I actually watch because I just love horror in general. Yeah. But in a film as a whole, or cinema as a whole, you know, there are going to be movies that people like, and there's going to be people movies that people don't like, and there's nothing wrong with either one of those stances, mm -hmm. but you can't try to force your opinion on someone else. Absolutely not. And, you know, if more people would actually learn that and actually understand that, this place would be so much, this whole world would be uh, so absolutely. much more peaceful. <laughs> if you could well, just... That's, that's my soapbox. And I'll no, no, I now. totally agree. It's just like that... And, you know, it's funny, I was recording a podcast um, yesterday, and I couldn't think of the name of the film, um, but there is, I talked about two different films. The one film, the first one, is called Megan is Missing, and I think you and I spoke oh. briefly about it, um, and how I actually, I despise that movie, but um, I don't, you know, I forewarn people about it in the podcast I just recorded, Um so basically I said, you know, this is the premise of the movie and, you know, I'm, I'm warning you that if you do find this, if you, if you want to go see, if you want to watch this movie, just be warned. But it didn't say, don't watch this movie. This movie is terrible. You know, it's just like we're giving our opinions on something and we're not making people go watch the movie or not because there are certain movies like that that I refuse to watch, but other people that could be something that they want to watch and I'm not going to, mm -hmm. I'm not going to degrade them for wanting to see that movie it's it's and I feel like that happens unfortunately a lot to people like us people who are horror fans like oh my god how can you like horror movies they're so gross like are you psycho and it's like no no we're not <laughs> um this is just something that we like to you know watch it doesn't mean that we're crazy um so let's get into um the best holiday of the whole year <laughs> Valentine's Day. So today is currently Valentine's Day, which means that I am probably at work um, because uh, if you guys listen to my other podcasts, you know that I uh, work at a restaurant um, for extra money um, because I'm still trying to pay my student loan bills. <laughs> so I work at a restaurant on the weekends, but of course, Valentine's Day being the stupidest holiday ever. Um, guys like to bring their significant others and girls too, whatever couple you may be, bring your significant other out to dinner day. That's basically what it is. Um, so I'm probably making drinks over there right now. <laughs> so uh, Patrick, what are you going to be doing on Valentine's Day? <laughs> um, ignoring that it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> hey, but listen, the best thing about Valentine's Day is that literally the couple days after the Valentine's Day candy is 75% off like everywhere. <laughs> That's my favorite okay, part of Valentine's Day. Come on now. <laughs> That's true. But listen, you can if you have cheat days here, 
here and there, you can absolutely <laughs> go get that 75% off uh, Reese's heart-shaped candies because those are my favorite. Um, so definitely, that's probably my favorite part of that. I mean, I do make a couple hundred bucks, so that is nice too. Um, so I just want to talk about the uh, where Valentine's Day comes from because um, it's – I mean, like you, like we talked about in our other podcast, uh, Patrick and I grew up and we were both in private schools. So we knew that pretty much every, almost at least once a month, there was a saint who we celebrated their feast day. So when I was younger, I was introduced to Saint Valentine, um, who is the patron saint of love and romantic love. Um, so his feast day is celebrated on February 14th. Um, so basically what that means is we're honoring that saint for that day. Uh, so that's how I was introduced to it. Um, I can't remember if when I was in private school, if we actually gave out Valentine's Day cards. I know when I, oh, you did? Okay. When I was younger, when I was in, in, um, like third and fourth grade, I know that we did, but I can't remember if when I went to the private school, or the Catholic school, if I, um, if I gave them, I think, I think we did. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I know Valentine's Day. Uh, and then it got super commercialized with, um, Hallmark and all those things. And, you know, February being the month of love and everything and all this stuff. And I never liked Valentine's Day. Um, I thought it was a stupid, pointless holiday. I also remember I had to work in the restaurant. So, like, I was surrounded by just two tops, like, couples, like, parties of two, just taking up my entire section for the whole night and wanting to be, like, fancy and romantic. And then I can't tell you how many – so, the restaurant I currently work at, I've been working there for almost six years. It'll be six years in, like, a couple weeks, actually, because uh, I started around Valentine's Day. So this upcoming week then, yeah. So I remember, um, so in the past almost six years, I think I've seen like seven proposals on Valentine's Day, <laughs> which is, I'm the, obviously I'm very excited for them. But at the same time, yeah. like it's so fucking cliche. It's like getting, it's mm-hmm. like getting um, engaged on like Christmas or New Year's Eve or, and then getting proposed to on Valentine's Day. Like that's, uh, no. And guys, I don't want you all to think that I'm bitter because I am and I'm in a relationship. I have a boyfriend, but that doesn't mean that I all of a sudden love Valentine's Day. He and I literally don't <laughs> talk about it. Like I never once mentioned Valentine's Day to him because I don't fucking care. So don't think it's like, oh, she's so bitter because she's alone and that's why she hates Valentine's Day. And it's probably be because she's because <laughs> she's jealous of everybody in a relationship. That's why. No, bitch. Like I'm in a relationship. Like I I'm in a very loving relationship and I still fucking hate valentine's day so don't come for me <laughs> um i'll be the bitter one for us so don't worry about that i'll be the bitter single one yeah but you're not like when valentine's day comes around you're not like oh man i wish i like at least i don't think that you come off that way that you not would, really. that, that's what i mean i just hate it yeah because it's a stupid fucking <laughs> holiday it's so stupid mm-hmm. um so, I mean, it's, and it's not like I've ever had, like, a bad Valentine's Day. I just... Oh, I have. Oh, no! <laughs> I, I, I had a breakup uh, the day after Valentine's Day, and the, the day we, Valentine's Day itself, 
we were supposed to go out and then she, I had a midterm at night, had a night class and, um, we were supposed to go out after I got out of the midterm. I tried to call her and she didn't answer the phone. Next day I went over to, you know, her work and, uh, we broke up. So, Oh my God. Oh my God. What's her name? What a bitch. Uh, uh, I'm kidding. You don't have to tell her name. (laughs) I'm not going to throw her under the bus that much. I'm kidding. Yeah. You know, it, it, uh, it was, it was not a great one. So yeah. What a bitch. Uh, I hate it. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I hate it. I've always hated it. I thought it was so stupid. Um, I mean, listen, if you enjoy Valentine's day, Live your best Valentine's Day life. I'm not judging you. Like, if you love the idea of celebrating love and going out with your significant other and, you know, celebrating and, um, you know, going out to dinner and, you know, buying roses for each other and candy, do it. You know what I mean? Do it. Absolutely. I am so into the idea of other people loving it, but it's just not for me. It's not for Patrick. And that's just how it is. If you love Valentine's Day, that's great. You know, I love that because a lot of people don't like Halloween and Halloween is my favorite holiday. Um, Absolutely, same here. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Like there's a lot of people out there that don't like Halloween and there's a lot of people out there who love Halloween. There's a lot of people out there who love Valentine's Day. And then the majority of us hate Valentine's Day. <laughs> but I, I just don't like that inkling that it's, you know, oh, it's because they're bitter and, and, you know, they're not with someone. It's like, no, bitch, like, if I'm single, I'm bitter every single day. Like, I'm not just bitter on Valentine's Day. <laughs> that's spot on. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing with if you're in a relationship. Like, you know, like, I want to celebrate the fact that, you know, I'm in love with my boyfriend, and I celebrate it every day. I don't do it on just one day. <laughs> so it shouldn't be one one day that you have to show that affection. Exactly. So that's kind of how I feel. It's like, you know, but I do like some of the jokes that people say about Valentine's Day. It's like, it's like oh, Valentine's Day, the husband takes his wife out, on, and then, then he takes his girlfriend out on the weekends. I'm like, bah! <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, that's just, that's a little joke we like to use in the restaurant world. <laughs> So Thursday, we'll see our husbands taking out their wives. And then on Friday and Saturday, we'll see that same husband taking out his girlfriend. <laughs> you should keep your eyes open. It's funny the things you see in restaurants, but I'm sure. that's that's a whole other podcast for a whole other day. <laughs> um, all right. So as we mentioned earlier on this episode, this special episode of Horror Nights and Podcast Valentine's Day, uh, we'll be discussing two separate movies. The first one, um, so they have the same title, but the first one is the original, um, My Bloody Valentine. And then we're going to go right into uh, the remake of My Bloody Valentine. And um, we're going to do, after we do that, we're just going to talk about them a little bit. Um, we'll start by giving you the Rotten Tomatoes IMDb rating, uh, a short synopsis, and then we're going to kind of talk about the movie a little bit. Uh, and then we're going to compare and contrast them, see what we liked, our favorite kills. So we're just going to, we're just going to live our best Valentine's Day life right now. So <laughs> we are obviously going to start with... 1981 my bloody valentine so rotten tomatoes gave this movie a 47 percent with 51 percent of the audience liking it imdb gave it a 6.3 out of 10 
Um, so it was released February 11th, 1981 with a running time of 91 minutes. So the synopsis of this film is a decades old folktale surrounding a deranged murderer killing those who celebrate Valentine's Day turns out to be a true legend when a group defies the killer's orders and people start turning up dead. Okay. So, um, I guess we'll just jump right in. So, my favorite character of this whole movie was um, the character who played, what's his name? I think his name is Keith Knight in real life. He's the bigger dude with, like, the the mustache. Oh, Hollis. 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 Hollis yeah. is my favorite. <laughs> uh, I think he's my, he's probably one of my favorite characters in, that, in, the, in the original film as well. Oh, he was my favorite. I didn't really care for any of the other, the other actors. I really wasn't. Yeah. Um, so this movie pretty much starts off with Valentine's Day literally throwing up on this town. That's exactly what my notes say. Like my notes are like, this town is like thrown up on by Valentine's Day. Um, and it's all because, uh, you know, for 20, uh, for 20 odd years, they, they have never celebrated uh, Valentine's day. So now this is their kind of their first foray back into the holiday. And, mm-hmm. and not to mention the name of the town is Valentine's bluff. Yeah, it is. And, mm-hmm. um, so they're, they're kind of going all out and it's everywhere. It's all on the, uh, the, all the storefronts are decorated. The poles uh, are decorated. Everything. Yeah, the people are everywhere. decorated. So, yeah, basically what happens is we have this town, and um, it's a mining town. So, basically what that means is there's a big, huge mine, and basically everybody in the town is connected to this mine. Um most of the men that live in this town um, are either retired workers from the mine or they're currently working at the mine and their girlfriends are also in the movie as well. Then we have the older generation. We have the cops and the sheriff. Um, So basically what happened is five miners went down and correct me if I'm wrong, Patrick, I might be mixing up the movies um, because there are different, um, there are different plot lines for the movies. Um, so we have miners, they go down, um, and then I think one gets, they, they get trapped, um, and there's only one survivor, and he ends up, like, can being a cannibal and, like, eating the other guys until they can figure it out. So basically what happened is the supervisors, who are supposed to be overseeing these miners in the, in the tunnels, they end up leaving early to go to the Valentine's Day dance party, mm-hmm. and... <clears throat> What happens is something happens. Um, I'm pretty sure the mine collapses and it traps these miners um, down in the mine. And uh, we only have the one survivor. And then he ends up going. He he's in a coma, and then he wakes up from his coma. And he okay, ends up. Okay, that's where you're, that's where you're, uh, I think you're mixing it up okay. a little bit there. Okay. Because um, that's that's more from the from the uh, remake. So okay. In the in the original. Uh, I, I think the, the premise is still the same. There's there's an explosion or something that causes yeah. at least the cave-in. Yeah. And Harry Warden is the survivor. Correct. And, of course, once they finally get down to where the, the miners are, they have discovered that to survive, he is, he is cannibalized. Yeah, so it, the, yeah, uh, it, other people. it took them and, about six weeks, I oh, think, to get down there. Six weeks, yeah, I think, yeah. it took them. So by that time... Harry was completely crazy. Um, he's been in the dark this whole time, and the only way he can survive is by eating the other miners that are with him. So they take. I believe he does get to the hospital, but yeah. as he's at the hospital, he he gets out and then 
you know, takes revenge on yes. the uh, foreman and the supervisor for the mine shaft. Um, one being uh, Axel's uh, father, mm-hmm. which isn't very, very clear. Yeah, at, no, at I was confused. Yeah, so basically he's pissed that uh, the supervisors left early and went to the Valentine's Day dance. So obviously he is associating Valentine's Day with um, him basically being trapped in the mines for six weeks and having to eat his friends. Um, I think I would be pretty pissed too, so. (laughs) I would not be happy about that. Um, So overall, I was doing other things while I was watching the movie, um, but I, I got a pretty good idea of it. So basically... We have, I think, yeah, 20 odd years later, they decide that, okay, it's time that we celebrate Valentine's Day again. So they start decorating the whole town Um, and we start getting, um, so so what's really about this movie is that basically uh, the killer, Harry, he'll send um, human hearts in Valentine's Day boxes and we get the first one sent, I believe it was to the mayor. Um, yes. he gets a Valentine's Day and he opens it. He's the... also the owner of the month. Oh, okay, okay. Um, he opens the, he he gets it. I think I think one of the sheriffs comes up to him and he goes, "Hey, mayor, like you got a you got a Valentine." <laughs> so the, sorry, because I, I, I really paid attention when I was watching it. Yeah, uh, it was it was one of the mine workers. Actually, the the prankster Howard is. Uh, oh, okay. The, because he there's a there's a scene where they're you know walking up walking in to look at the the dance hall and uh he opens up the door and howard acts like he's got what looks like blood all over his head that he's been uh, oh okay 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 it's all just paint but as the as the mayor and the sheriff are leaving he realizes oh wait there's this valentine's day box and then he gives it to the mayor yeah, so he opens it up, and I think his line is like, "Oh God, it's happening again!" Like when he opens yeah, up the yeah. when he opens it up. So that's obviously a um, a sign that uh, Harry is back and is is looking for revenge. And he's basically warning him throughout the whole movie, like, "Don't have the dance." Um, and then we have our group of friends, and their girlfriends decide to um, have a party anyway. And of course. Um, where do some of them want to go? They want to go down into the mines. Um, and then that's kind of where I really liked the idea that the majority of the movie was in the mines. Um, because it's, I think it made it more scary because versus the uh, remake, which really wasn't. Um, so I like the idea of it being based mainly in the mines. Cause I feel like, that's kind of where <clears throat> Harry was most associated with his whole life. So I did like that. I feel like he had like an advantage when he was down there. Um, I do have to say, though, besides um, Hollis, I like the bartender. <laughs> yeah, he was funny. Really funny. <laughs> like his one liners. He was like, you damn kids. <laughs> he, he's, he's like the. Um, oh, oh, gosh. I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the uh, character in. Um, Friday the 13th, but, uh... Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He's the doomsayer, you know? Yeah. He's just like, oh, you know, I'm I'm warning you, kids, you can't forget about this happening. But also, when he does the, uh... He does the trick. He's trying to... Yeah, he's trying to do the prank. Yeah. And he he got the minor suit to look like Harry and, you know, opening up the door. And he does it, you know, a couple times. And then he's like, okay, it's good. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to just do it one more time. And, of course, it unfortunately doesn't work out so well it's for him when he him. does it that final time. Yeah, so this was um, 
obviously a very 80s slasher pick um film we have you know our masked villain who goes around killing a bunch of people um but i did i i really liked the whole idea of the minor being yeah. and i really really like the costume like i want to oh, be that for i want to be that for halloween I think it's so cool. Like, I think it's, I, I remember seeing the or the remake in, in theaters and I was like, oh my God, that mask is so dope. Like everything about the costume and, and the mask, everything, I really enjoyed that. So I think um, I, I, I did like, the movie was obviously a little slow, but I mean, it was in the 80s, completely different time than it is now. People's attention spans were a lot longer than they are now. <laughs> you know, they, they it allowed for more of a character development, um, at least in the first one for me. Um, I thought also the kills were great. Um, oh, yeah. So, I'm, and I, you know, I remember, I have rewatched movies from the 80s, um, like slasher films, and I really think this one by far is one of the better ones that I've seen because it really shows that gore. And um, I think <clears throat> my favorite kill of the 1981, so the original, is the girl in the shower. So when yeah, he same like one. The what? Same one. Really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I thought it was I, I really cool. I actually paused the movie so that I could really look at it because I'm a fucking freak. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, he like shoved her face onto the the like the 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 head the shower head, yeah. and now the water is coming out of like all of her eyeballs and her mouth. And I was like, that is so cool. <laughs> well, and also what's really what's really great about that sequence, and they and they tried to recreate it in the remake and it's less effective in the remake, but is that, you know, when she's there, uh, with red, uh, who of course he's probably called red cause he has red hair. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, she asked, excuse me one second. <clears throat> uh, he asked her or she asked him, you know, well, how do you get the suits down? Cause they hang the suits up and he goes, well, oh, you just yeah. them down on the mm-hmm. street and one suit comes down. Well, as he leaves to go get beers, and she thinks he's back in the room, uh, the suits just start falling down. And they're mm. just, it's terrifying. And then, you you know, finally, here Harry shows up. Uh, and, you know, it's it's just like that whole sequence, the whole way it's shot. And then it leads into the shower and you just pick her up and you don't even see the kill. It's not no. until Red comes mm-hmm. back and he's looking for Sylvia and he walks in and you just see this because you don't even see the the front shot of her. You see him seeing her, and you see you do see the water coming out of her mouth. Yeah. And you just see him break down from this horrific scene in front of him, and just the brutalness of, yeah. of the kill. And I mean, it's what makes that's why it's my favorite kill. Yeah. I mean, it's just so perfectly shot. Yeah. It it, it holds enough back from the audience, but still gives you enough for your imagination to run. And you can, you're conveyed about how awful it is by Red's uh, reaction to finding her body. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they the way that they had the camera on his face for I think it was a good like five six seconds of him oh, yeah. just being totally horrified. Um, another kill I did like, which they did remake, um, 
is the washing machine or the dryer. That's my, that's, that is my yeah. second. That's my runner-up <laughs> as well. The dryer scene. That's super fucked up. Like, they stayed on her face and they, like, zoomed into her eyes. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was not yeah, expecting it, it, it to be that in close. The remakes, they were they were more detailed with it. And I, I, I guess, and this isn't to, to harp on the remake because I love the remake as well. Yeah. Uh, I think what, what works, I think the, the laundromat scene is, is more effective than the original again because – they they don't linger on it like when when the sheriff opens it up it's quick you see mabel's body come out you see it's burnt from the dryer and that it the body looks awful but they never linger on it and they they just show you enough again to let your imagination run with it and whereas you know although it's still a very effective kill in the remake they just and they're going for, and of course it's Patrick Lucier who directs, who directed it, who's directed, uh, which I love, The Collector and The Collection, which are very over-the-top, gruesome horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he likes throwing in the gruesomeness more. Um, but, you know, he lingers on the shot of Rosa when when the uh, sheriff's deputy, when she opens up that, that door and the Rosa's body just falls out and it's just all steaming and it's coming out of the eyes and everything. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're still both very intriguing kills. Very, very well done. Yeah. The other ones didn't really, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. I mean, they had a couple of them, but I feel like uh, we'll get into more of the, the kills when we get to the, to the remake one. Cause those are the ones that I can vividly remember. Um, so I did like, um, that we had the killer's point of view in a couple of them, especially the, um, in in the laundry scene, actually, Mm -hmm. we get his point of view. So it kind of reminded me a little bit of Michael Myers, a little bit of Darth Vader, kind of all mixed in one. (laughs) Yeah. Because the way that he's breathing. Um, so, uh, yeah, overall I did, I did enjoy this movie. Um, I kind of, you know what I really liked about the movie that we didn't really get in the second one? is the camaraderie between all of the friends. Like, they seem like they've been friends for a really long time. Um, And they, you know, they got each other's back. It seems like they just had a lot of fun, just, like, living life. Like, they they went to high school, and they they probably all immediately went right into working at the mines because that's what their dads did and their grandfathers and their great-grandfathers. And that was just their way of life, and they were happy, and they had a simple life. And I really liked that about um, this movie because it's like they knew and they were probably good guys too. I mean, of course, right. minus the the twist at the end. <laughs> right. But um, but they just seemed like they they were fun to hang out with. They had each other's back. Um, you know, they had girlfriends that you know were that were decent. Um, but I really I I did like their friendship I did like that I love the idea of that simple life of this is what you're gonna do for the rest of your life and they were totally happy with it I mean except for TJ because he went to the west coast for a little while and that didn't work so he came home um but for the rest of them though like they were totally happy with their simple life and I love that idea because that's the complete opposite of me um I'm not that kind of way like I want I want to see I want to do everything I want to try everything and these guys I just feel like that these group of friends are just you know happy just working really hard uh through their days and then you know going to the bar after work and just hanging out with their friends and having a good time with their girlfriends who they'll probably marry um you know if the Harry didn't come back and kill everybody but I'm just saying <laughs> like, well and see you know that's what um because a film I watched recently that 
that does this well as 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 well is uh, Hellfest, where the characters that you're introduced in the film are so likable and and they're well developed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not perfectly developed in in the original My Bloody Valentine, but they're also not really well developed in the remake either, uh, which no. we'll get into later. Yeah. But you you get enough from these guys and these gals that you you, you love their interactions i mean yeah. you love hollis you you love howard we all know a howard we all know a hollis yeah uh, i think that's know, what we, it yeah definitely we all know uh, you know these these people they're they're real they're in our lives in fact like one of the heartbreaking things about mabel's death is when you're introduced to mabel at the beginning with the mayor and then when the sheriff shows up you kind of get this like connection that the sheriff and mabel are, are kind of into each other but they they haven't told each other yet yeah and then you know after he discovers her body mm-hmm. and, and everything he gets delivered to the office of valentine and it's and it's not from harry it, it was from mabel and it's like it's so heartbreaking because yeah can see it in the reflection of his face where he's just like you know for first he's he's very happy to have gotten it but then it's like but she's dead now. And yeah. so it's really interesting. And, and you get the good character dynamics that, um, that they try to flesh out more in the remake between, although in, in the original it's TJ instead of Tom, but TJ Hannigan, yeah. mm-hmm. the son, the son of the mayor and Axel that, you know, these guys, you can assume that they were best friends growing up. Absolutely. Um, and that, you know, once, and of course TJ was dating Sarah before going out to the West coast, but once, he went out to the West Coast without, you know, telling anybody and, and just leaving off and disappearing. And Axel and Sarah get together. But as soon as TJ's back, it's created this rift and this divide between the three of them. Even Sarah doesn't know who, she, I mean, when Patty's asking her, well, which one do you want more? She goes, well, I like this about TJ, but he does this. Yeah. And I like this about Axel, but he does this. Yeah. And you get this really intense divide uh that's really kind of well explored but at the same time not well defined and and they tried to do it with a nice little twist in the remake that works a little bit more uh, but at the same time i have certain issues with it but it, it's what like you said this these characters are so well in likable and enjoyable mm-hmm. that when you get their deaths when you see them die that you know it it you feel bad. Yeah. You don't want these characters to die. Absolutely. Like, you just... That's that's how I felt. Like, when Hollis died, I was like, no! Yeah, yeah. Um, So, I did really like that about the film. Because that's really hard to do in, you know, 91 minutes or however long this movie is. Right. Um, especially in a horror film. Because a lot of the times, it's kind of just like... And we'll get more into that, into the, into the uh, remake. Where the remake was more okay, here's a bunch of characters to throw out the killer so the killer has somebody to kill, if that makes sense. Whereas this one is, here is a great little town with these these amazing people, with these great friendships who are being terrorized by this killer. And um, this is why later when we say which one is our favorite, it was a very, very, very hard decision for me because there's so many aspects of the original that I love. And there are so many aspects of the remake that I love. But um, we'll talk about that later because even my decision surprised me because I was like, really? Okay, okay, I'll go with it. Um, so I think um, – I'm trying to think if there's anything. Do you want to add anything else to the 1981? Well, 
just that we the oh, this will the, come up the, when we talk the about the, the remake yeah uh, is the twist that yeah and, and i so this is where i i think maybe if we had a little bit more explanation and a flashback of you know that 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 it was axel's father that harry killed but it also doesn't make sense that because harry killed axel's father that Axel would go on to emulate Harry and actually be the 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 killer, the yeah. person in the minor suit. It, it doesn't make a hundred percent sense. Now, if you'd said that, you know, because of the rift that was caused by TJ coming back, which it, I mean, that plays a big part of it too, because it really doesn't start until TJ's back. Mm-hmm. That um, that it's because like he, you know, it's he's frustrated like he wants sarah to choose him but you know sarah's indecisiveness but then it, you know it doesn't explain why why kill your friends you know your friends haven't done anything They're not, they don't have a vested interest in it but it's still i have and I'll, I'll say this once we get to the end i would have a really cool interesting way that they they could have done the remake or if they wanted to do kind of a halloween 2018 thing and make a direct sequel to this yeah i have an interesting way that okay. they can take that cool, cool, cool um but um yeah it, it just it didn't quite work but it, but it's also still kind of creepy too because you know they 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 find that after the the mine they've caused the mine to collapse a little bit again and everyone's there and they're kind of trying to see if they can find axel's body they go, oh, he's alive. And as they're looking kind of down in the tunnel, you see Axel's lost one of his arms. Oh, yeah. And, that part was so strange. Like, I'm coming back. Like, I, I will be back. You know, Harry and I are coming. And it's kind of just yeah. because he's just walking off into the into the dark. Yeah. And then there's that great song that they play at the end during the credits that's like a, you know, a little kind of campfire song about yeah. Harry Warden. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do remember that. Yes. Um, there was something else I was going to say, and I can't remember now. Um, yeah, like, the only explanation they had was, like, oh, I guess Valentine's Day triggered him or something, or, like, Valentine's yeah. Day. Oh, that's why he came back was because it happened all on Valentine's Day. And it was kind of just, like, all right. And I, I knew yeah. we kind of knew what the twist was going to be because we watched the remake. At least I knew what it was going to be because I watched the remake first. Um, See, I watched the but, remake first, but I didn't realize that they were that, and and this is kind of will go again something I'll discuss a little bit later that will go to kind of tear apart my argument about the pet cemetery thing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that like you know when when watching that I'm expecting that same twist, but they're different, uh-huh. and it was kind of surprising, you know, a little bit. That, yeah, it was. You know, it's not quite the same as the original. Um, I actually saw the when I say I saw the the remake first. Don't come for me. I saw it in theaters in three D in two thousand nine. So don't think yeah, that I we like too. yeah exactly. So don't think that we just wanted to watch the remake because it was newer. <laughs> um, I didn't even I know. Didn't know there was I was just gonna say I didn't know there was an original either until you said until like I looked into it and then I remember you said something. But like it that was two thousand nine. That was so long ago. Um, yeah. I I didn't remember the twist at the end. Um, we were just young babes then. Come yeah, on, babe. we were little. It was like two years out of high school. Um, yep. But yeah, I do remember seeing it in 3D. So that's a perfect segue. We're going to move right into uh, the remake. So, uh, My Bloody Valentine. Rotten Tomatoes gave, and this is the 2009 version, um, gave it a 60% with 44% of the audience liking it. And um, IMDb gave it a 5 uh, out of 5. Out of, or, I'm sorry, a 5.5 out of 10. 
Um, so it was released January 16th, 2009 with a running time of 101 minutes. Uh, Patrick already said who it was directed by, and it was actually written by Todd Farmer and Zane Smith. Um, the director was also an editor for Scream 1, 2, and 3. Um, and the movie also stars Jamie King and Jensel Ackles. Um, so 10 years after five people died in a coal mining accident, only one survivor who goes into a coma one year later, uh, Harry Warden, the survivor, wakes up and decides to kill 22 people. Um, then we move into the present day, which is 10 years later, and the guy who was responsible for killing those people, uh, comes back to town to sell the mine. Um, and then we have him dressed, somebody dressed as Harry Warden and starts killing people again. Um, so another synopsis I have is Tom returns to his hometown on the 10th anniversary of the Valentine's Day Massacre that claims the lives of 22 people. Instead of a homecoming, Tom finds himself suspected of committing the murders, and it seems like his own flame is the only way he believes he is innocent. So, interesting. That was kind of like the IMDb synopsis and then like another synopsis I had. So, uh, just because they were so different, I just wanted to touch on both of those. Um, So, this movie... um, uh, So, yeah, as we said, I actually saw this movie in theaters with my friends. um, And... It was when 3D was just getting into the movie. So I think the movie was called, like, My Bloody Valentine 3D. I think that's what it was called. Um, So I I remember hating the 3D because it made me nauseous. Um, And I think it was just because the way that it was, the way the 3D was. And I don't ever watch 3D movies anymore because I, I remember getting really, like, sick. Like, I didn't like the 3D aspect of it. Um... So it that kind of took away from the movie a little bit for me, but I, I still enjoyed the movie. Um, so let's see. Let me check my notes. Um, so we pretty much have the same characters. Um, so we have, but instead of TJ, now it's Tom. We have Axel and Sarah. Um, so I did like the opening scene. Um, the fir- I'm pretty sure like the first line or the first or first or second line is the sheriff going happy fucking Valentine's Day. <laughs> By the great, the great Tom Atkins. Yes. Isn't he from, um, uh, Halloween, right? He's One from of- Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch, yep. from The Fog. Yes. Uh, I mean, he's, he is, uh, Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Uh, Tom Atkins is just a national treasure, much like Dick Miller was. <laughs> I know, I love you know? him. I mean, except that, you know, Tom Atkins, in the, at least in the 80s, in about every single movie he was in, he had to, you know, have uh, sex with the main character or something like that. You know? <laughs> yes! Just, he, he, was a, he was a playboy. I mean, like, you go to the, the you know, season of The Witch, and, you know, he, a woman he hardly knows, he's, like, already in bed with, you know, oh. while they're trying to investigate the death of her father or something. Well, at you least know, it's, 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 that's Tom Atkins for you. I was going to say, it's the Atkins way. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so it really just gets right into the killing. Like, literally two seconds oh, yeah. into the movie. We are right into killing. Um, and then we have uh, the opening scene with the party. These, so we have a group of kids partying in the mines, um, which is um, reminiscent of the first one. And it just, it, I really thought, like, I felt like I was watching the movie backwards because it just gets yeah. right into it. Like the killer just immediately comes out. The first, the one of the first kills we get is um, the pickaxe right through the back of the guy's head and his eyeballs poking out. <laughs> 
Um, also, before we get into it, I have to 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 come for Netflix a little bit. They don't have the kills in the movie. They make it like they like censor it. I was so upset because I was like, this is not right. I was like, I remember being way more gruesome than this. Then thank God for YouTube because I was able to actually find um, the kills on YouTube and actually see the kills. Um, so I don't understand why Netflix would do that. It's, yeah, that it's, make sense to me. it's a paid subscription service. Like it's not like we're, I, I, I really didn't understand. And then I was like, I was like, all right, well, maybe let me make my screen bigger on my computer. And I made it bigger and it was still the same thing. Like it would like, it like cut just where his mouth was. So you didn't even see the eyeball or anything. Like it was so weird. The kills, they, they were terrible on Netflix. I don't know why they did that. Um, but thank God for the internet because I was able to find them. Um, so we have um, the cops come in and then they end up shooting um, Harry and he runs away. And that's pretty much the, op- the second opening scene. Um, it's also when we're introduced to the friend group, which is um, Tom and he's dating Sarah. And then we have Axel and he's dating, I think her name's Irene, right? Uh, yes. And, you know, I-, I can tell you what happened. And this is because, you know, my curiosity got the best of me. And I, oh, I did you Google it? it? <laughs> you know what You know what they did is they cut out the 3D effects. Oh. Because the eye is a 3D effect. But, like, on my, on my Blu-ray release, like, it still has all that stuff in. So that seems to be not so much that they're censoring it, but the 3D effects are cut out, which I still... It's not cool, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand other than the fact that like they thought maybe it would be too cheesy. I don't know. I mean, it still kind of is to watch it on Blu-ray, but it still uh, should leave it in. Yeah, that's that's a stupid excuse. Somebody's mom yeah. was mad. Bye. That's all I Probably. have to say about that. <laughs> um, so it so. Jensen Eccles actually plays, everybody knows him because he plays Dean on Supernatural. Um, And I actually just read an article that Supernatural just hit its 300th episode. (laughs) Um, I actually enjoy that show, so I can't go for that show. So I can't, um, I I have watched that show since the beginning. um, And I've, I've just loved it. But the thing is, though, and I forgot to look this up. Maybe you can look this up for me while I'm talking, Patrick. Um, the entire time, or the, when did, um, when did Supernatural premiere, um, and is it in the same, do you know what I'm saying? Like, is it, if it's around 2009, because he looks exactly the same. So, no, 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 it it is, uh, see, it's on its like 13th or 14th season. Okay. Put it about. 2005 i know it oh was shit okay early yeah it was during like season three or four because i remember uh i i had kind of fallen out of it just i i haven't been able to get past about like season four or five not because i don't like it it's just i got too many other things to watch and i'd love to try to catch up with it at some point um but i i remember it was a big deal because both jensen got cast in my bloody valentine and Jared Padalecki got cast in the Friday the 13th remake. And it was this whole big deal because both films were coming out the same year and they were both going to be in horror films. Oh, interesting. Jared Padalecki was actually in House of Wax, which I fucking love that movie. Oh, that movie is so good. That was prior to that. 
prior to uh, Supernatural. Supernatural. I, mm-hmm. I am a fan of that film as well. Uh, as I love much that movie. Might hate me for that one. But... No, I love that movie. It's a remake too, and um, I didn't yes. know that. But I, I love that movie. That movie is very near and dear to my heart. I've loved that movie for a long time. Um, so anyway, so uh, getting back to what I was saying, I really <laughs> felt like I was watching a really long episode of Supernatural and I was waiting for, uh, for Sam <laughs> to come in. <laughs> like the whole time I was just like, I was like, this is not Dean's demeanor. And then I'm like, oh, duh, I'm watching a movie. Um, so I did, um, <laughs> like even the <laughs> spoiler alert at the end when, when, because, um, Tom Jensen Eccles is actually the killer and we'll go into that a little bit more but I I want to touch on this now so I don't forget but at the end remember Patrick when his voice changes and he becomes Harry and how he sounded like Dean (laughs) I don't know why that made me laugh so hard because I was like (laughs) he's like Harry's right here what is the I forget exactly what he says but Uh, it was literally yeah something yeah something like that but it was just so funny because I was like Dean's right here he's here here (laughs) I was laughing so hard at that because like his voice like got deeper like Dean's voice and Mm -hmm. I was like oh my god this is hilarious so I definitely think that was very distracting for me so I couldn't because it was a he's very pigeonholed in that role unfortunately as Jared Padlecki is too like they're very that is their character like exactly it's them like they are Dean and Sam no matter what they do or what they and I think they know that too I think they understand which is why they continue to make absolutely which is the I think is why they just continue to um not really do too much else because I really don't think that they've been in in much um other than Supernatural the past you know uh, 11 years or something right (laughs) besides like those couple horror films um like they're that that is their characters but I mean I'm okay with it because I think that's great they they are gajillionaires they're happy um so let's see um and another thing that I <laughs> I I remember vividly about this scene is the full frontal nudity we get <laughs> oh, yeah. you know that was a question I was going to I think ask you is that something you would normally do you know just go walking <laughs> out in the middle of a parking lot but Buck nude, just to chase after some guy who's kind of screwed you over, literally and figuratively, yeah. uh, at this point, because, and you're going to threaten him with a uh, an unloaded an gun. An unloaded gun. Um, I'd have uh, to say no. Um, okay. Uh, I, did, I, I thought you That's would, just me, though. That that's me, though. I'm very conservative. Not. But I'm just saying, like, that's not, no, I, I wouldn't do that. I was actually... Uh, I don't really know how I felt about that scene. I really hope they paid her a shit ton of money to do that because she was probably naked 95% of the time that she was filming her movie, like filming her part because we only see, we see her with clothing in the beginning um, because she's dating Axel and then she's just naked the whole rest of the film. And I'm not really sure how I feel about that. Um, I mean, whatever. It's a horror movie. I expect boobs. I don't really care. But I really wish, like, if she had enough time to, you know, put her shoes back on, um, she could have at least, like, thrown a sheet on or thrown something. But, I mean, I guess she was just really pissed. And that's why we have the... um, That's why we have the heat of passion law, the second-degree murder. So I guess... I guess it was the heat of passion. She just forgot to put all of her clothes back on. Um, 
But I mean, she was she was naked a lot, a long scene, and yeah. I was just like, that is her boobs and everything else. So yeah. um, I don't know how I felt about that, but whatever, I don't care. It's it's it is what it is. It's it's a horror movie. If they didn't have boobs, then it wouldn't be a horror movie. Sorry. Um, at least a slasher horror movie. Um, so the bar scene actually made me laugh um, because we have Tom going. So basically Tom is back in town um, because he his family owns the mines and he had a falling out with his father and he wants he's back in town to sign the papers to sell the mine and obviously the whole town is pissed because the mine is you know their whole life as as it was as it kind of showed in the in the original um how everybody kind of works the mines and that's just what they do and now we have tom coming back to town to to sell it i assume to some big corporate business um and then we find out that tom's father is dead and that he never reconciled with him we're not sure where Tom uh, went. I, I don't, I mean, we do know where he went by the end of the movie. Right. Um, but so he kind of just bounced, I, I think, because, um, and I remember Irene made a comment in the beginning of the movie because we always, we always knew that Axel was in love with Sarah. That's kind of like a given right. in the beginning because Irene makes a comment like, you know, she'll never stop loving Tom or something, or, you know, she'll be in love with him forever. Um, and... So we have we have Tom coming back into town. He goes into the bar scene, and of course the the elderly people of this town are pissed because the mine's been their whole life for a long time. And when the dude sucker punched Tom in the face, the old guy, I was like, oh shit! The old, the old cop. Yeah, he sucker punched him in the face, and I was like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that. Um, and he, not only did he sucker punch him once, but then he tries to do it a second time yeah. as well. <laughs> um, but uh, one, one interesting, uh, one thing that uh, I want to touch on that you kind of, you, you might have missed a little bit, but part of the reason, the explanation for why Tom kind of bounced out of there was, he was the one responsible for the explosion that trapped Harry and the other miners. Correct. He was a dumb kid who, you know, Harry says, well, you know, make sure you bleed the lines. Yeah. He's like, I know how to do my job. Harry. Yeah. And, of course, he doesn't do it. So he's kind of got that overwhelming guilt. And then, of course, at the party, all the friends get murdered because of Harry waking up from the coma. So a lot of it was probably, you know, some, some self-blame, a lot of guilt that yeah. he had for causing that that made him kind of go away and it's kind of reason why the cop the old cop uh sucker punches him because they all blame tom correct for everything that has happened correct um and that's all kind of explained right in the beginning of the movie where they have right. all the different headlines and everything and we see like we see um minor didn't bleed the lines so we have i am actually not 100% sure what that means i think it's uh, i have to look it up um but anyway it's not good you have to bleed the lines if you're a minor <laughs> um it's, it's too uh it's too um is it to release the, I was just going to say, up. is it to release the excess? Okay, got that. That's what I figured it was. Um, so the same as with the, with the, with the original, we have the Valentine's Day decorations all over the town. Um, so now we see that Axel and Sarah are also married uh, now and they have a child together. Um, we also find out that Axel is cheating on Sarah um with i can't remember what her what her name is the little town it's funny it, it's, it's the funny. town it's floozy real name too 
Yeah, her name's Megan. Oh, okay. Um, the town floozy Megan. Um, I picked on that, picked up on that two seconds into the movie because the way that oh, she's no. sitting at the bar and she has like a lollipop in her mouth, like nobody does that shit anymore. And she's just, and she's just staring at him. Oh time. yeah, the That's whole time. Fair. Um, so he takes her to this. So Axel and Megan go do the deed. Um, at this like shady ass abandoned little house. Um. And she gives him a, um, she gives him a Valentine's Day card, um, and it says, be mine forever. Um, and it's the, the four is actually the number four. And then we get this really weird scene that I didn't quite, it didn't really make sense for me. I mean, it did, but at the same time, it was kind of like, oh, why did she need to say that? That's literally no point. Um, she whispered right before the end of the scene, she whispers into Axel's ear and she says, I'm pregnant. Um, and then he gets this look of just like, oh, fuck. Like he's literally internally combusting. (laughs) Um, and also side note, Axel is now the sheriff of the town as well. Um, so he's kind of the boss. Um, so that scene, that part was a little like, what? Okay. Um, birth control people it works um (laughs) um, she was trying i mean like there you get this like mentality that she's a fucking uh, idiot yeah like that was her intention was for him to knock her up she wants him all to herself that's true so it's it's the same it's the same small town mentality kind of thing um she's just a child um Daddy issues, I guess. I don't know. And I can say that, guys, because okay. I, I have them, too. So don't think that I, you know, have, I'm, I have, you know, all that. So um, the whole movie kind of reminded me of Scream a little bit because we never know who the killer is. And it kind of makes you go back and forth and back and forth. And you're like, who the hell is the killer? Um, so let me just think of other things. Let's see. So the tone of this film was completely different from the original. Um, This, the remake was very serious. Like there were no really funny scenes, at least that I can remember. Um, It is a slasher film. We don't really have a ton of character development. Um, It's basically, like I said, it's just a dude in a mask killing a bunch of people. Um, there is that one scene between Sarah and Tom that, that is supposed to be sentimental, but it's super cheesy to me. And I was like zoned out when that happened. Cause I thought it was kind of stupid. Um, I don't know how you feel about that scene. You know what scene I'm talking about when he like comes and, um, he's oh, talking. Talk to her yeah. The, and the they're like, is? they're like standing on a bridge or something. And he's, oh, there's that too. Yeah. 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 So I thought that. exactly like it's not memorable like it didn't I I don't know there was really not a lot of character development in this at all um we get no connection that Axel and Sarah like actually love each other or that they love their kid (laughs) so weird um like I said it's just a bunch of characters for a for the guy to kill and that's it uh for the killer to kill this one you know like you were talking about the tone of it It, this one plays more uh as a mystery especially yeah the uh, the dueling perspectives of uh, is it Axel or is it Tom or is it Harry? I mean, they they go for three potential people that uh, you know it could very well be, mm-hmm. and I, I I do like that aspect of, a little bit about it. Um, it I, I think the original does it a little bit better in that sense, but yeah, 
you know, it's 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 weird because it, it, you know, it's not. It's more of a mystery. I'd say it's more of a mystery with gore than it is more of a horror. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, um, I want to talk about the kills in this movie because I think the kills um, definitely made that movie for me. And it really just, like, I pretty much forgot about everything else that had to do with the movie because I was so focused on how brutal and gory and disgusting and awesome the kills were. Um, so the, even the first, the first, like, two seconds of the film, we have, like, people's body parts in the hospital, just, like, half their body, the, and, like, they're, like, cut in half. He's, he's massacred the entire <laughs> hospital. I mean, there's no one left. Oh, Somehow my God. this guy has been in a coma for, like, five months, and, you know, wakes up, has perfect muscle memory. Uh-huh. I mean, even when, like, the nurse is coming in to check on him, and yeah. she finds his bed empty, and you see him in the background sitting on top of the next patient right. over's yeah. body. And then when the Tom Atkins, the sheriff, walks in, and you've got bodies out in the hall. You've got a body ripped in half <laughs> uh, yes. in, in, in the hospital room. And then the, the nurse, he's, you know, cut open her chest and ripped out her heart. Mm-hmm. Uh it, you get uh, you get a pickaxe pickaxe to uh, a jaw, yeah, and then the jaw ripped off uh, and and flung away. You get um, one one kill that I, I, I kind of I felt was a little unnecessary uh, was the the uh, hotel manager. Oh, uh, the the little person. Yeah. 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 You know when when she comes walking in the room and you got she's, Irene under she's the bed trying to find her dog. He just takes that pickaxe, runs it straight up through her and all the way up into the ceiling, and it just felt a, a little unnecessary. And yeah. there was one character that maybe just just didn't need didn't need to die. No, um, another. But I also yeah. have to wonder what was going through Irene's mind when uh, she decides to pick up the, <laughs> the bed frame. She was just using it for protection. It's the wall. <laughs> thinking that was going to defend her because she actually had a chance to, you know, okay, maybe for a second, when, once he gets that pickaxe through there once, then push back and then just bolt out of there. You're already running around buck-ass new. I anyways. was just going to say, Patrick, uh, she doesn't have any clothes on. That was her clothes. She needed something to cover uh, her. Yeah, I don't okay, fucking know. Okay, don't that, I? That, I don't that makes know. sense. She needs, <laughs> she needs it for her clothing. <laughs> So, um, I did like the kill right in the beginning too at the mine party when the girl, when he shoves the shovel through the girl's face, that was a dope, that was a really cool fucking scene. Um, so basically he pins the girl up against this, the pole that's in the mine and he shoves the, the shovel through her, uh, her, her, in her mouth, like between you know, where your mouth opens and she's not quite dead yet. So then I think he basically just like takes the pickaxe and he just shoves the whole, the shoves the shovel through the rest of the back of her head. And then we see the top half of her head kind of like slowly slide Slide. down the shovel. I thought that was really cool. I was like, that's, they definitely took a lot of time to make sure that they, um, made sure that scene was good. Um, then we have the truck driver who gets the pickaxe right through his head, which I thought was good. Who was also the, was uh, good. the, uh, the writer of the film. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, okay. Todd, that's Todd Farmer. And in fact, he, uh, I guess he does this in a lot of films that he ends up writing because he wrote, uh, 
Jason X, and he is oh, that's one right. of the uh, space marines who gets his head bashed in by Jason mm-hmm. in, that, in that one. Yeah, so, um, he always ends up dying. I mean, at least he doesn't give himself like leading roles. You know. Yeah, that's true. I I feel like I would do the same thing too. Like if I were to write a um a slasher film, I would put myself in there and just make myself die. Like I would make myself yeah. like an annoying like like he did like just a piece of shit kind of <clears throat> truck driver, married truck driver cheating on his wife with the with with the town floozy. Well, I guess Megan is the Megan took over after Irene died. <laughs> Not for long. No, I was going to say. And then we have um, Megan's death, um, which is my favorite kill, I have to say. Um, That one's my favorite because um, it was, it said be mine forever, which was the same thing that she wrote in the card, which makes you think that Axel is the murderer because he would be the only, I mean, yes, be mine forever is something that people just write in cards I guess but obviously we're watching a movie so it's a little bit different um and then how she's kind of just like sitting in the back of the the supermarket and she just has like she's fucking covered in blood and she has the valentine's day box in between her legs and and her heart is in the middle of it in the center of it well and it it also leads to you thinking it's actual because yeah here you've got this married man who uh, has been uh, you know, unfaithful. Mm-hmm. But now he's also super jealous because, you know, his wife's, uh, you know, ex-heartthrob is back in town. And now he's, you know, he's got a mistress who's knocked up, a wife who's questioning her relationship with her husband. And you're thinking, okay, this is a lot to make a, a guy snap. Yeah. And, and although I agree with you, it's a really good kill, I think, and uh, although this is probably one of the few comedic points in the actual movie, I think my favorite kill is Ben's uh, death. And Ben being the old, uh, I guess he used to, he's a co-owner of the mine, because uh, that's who has, you know, uh, Tom's father's ashes. And, oh, uh, when he, he gets his, the pickaxe yeah. through his jaw on the porch? No, 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 no. That, oh. was, that, was, the, uh, that was Tom Atkins. No, oh, okay, no, okay, okay. Is, uh, he's the one who goes out with the shotgun thinking Harry's out outside. And then oh, when he goes and back it, in, mm-hmm. Harry hits him in the back with pickaxe, knocks him to the ground. Uh, and, you know, he's like, oh, it, you, it, it is Harry. You, you are Harry. Correct. And then, uh, you know, Harry takes the mine or takes the pick, pickaxe, jams it into the floor, picks up Ben, turns him around and, and shoves him. Forces, yep. his, uh, eye into the pickaxe and, He's struggling. Finally, Ben just gives up and just goes, "Oh shit!" And yeah, he <laughs> pushes him down and in, into the pickaxe. Yeah, I think that that's just, true. Just how that that is. There's a little comedy into it, you know. And then there's you know Ben's trying to, to fight it, and then he just knows, "I'm I'm I'm fucked." You know, that's true. I, I'm just I, yeah, go, I do remember up. that. And I think that was my favorite kill in this one. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, and also going back to um the Megan being pregnant, like, um, when they go behind the store and they find her, Axel's probably like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Which is super fucked up to think. I know it's, yeah, it's, I know it's super fucked up to, to, to say, but, and then there is at one point right before this, before Megan's death scene, um, Megan does tell, um, Sarah that she never really had Axel or something. Um, so she's kind of, basically hinting like i'm fucking your husband um and there's a homewrecker 
Yeah, absolutely. And then there is, if I don't know if you noticed this, it was quick. Um, when they're running down the aisles, uh, Megan is actually holding her stomach. Did you notice that at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah I caught that. And I'm like, I mean, once, oh, my God. Once we've discussed the end, there's a particular scene I, I want to uh, to go back and revisit. Okay. okay. Because uh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't remember the last time I actually fully watched this, but I picked up on something that, it's clever. Uh, if you're not really paying attention to it, you're, you're going to miss it. But it's a nice little touch from either the director or the set designer okay. that goes when you go back and you watch it. You're like, oh, like that, okay, cool, that makes sense now. Okay, um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I also have a note that um, the camera angles in the grocery store I thought was super super cool so it's basically the camera is painting down the aisles and it gets to i think it's the second aisle and we see that um the miner the killer is at the end and i thought that was really cool i liked that uh i liked that a lot i thought that was pretty awesome um i also like the demographic of all the actors so we have you know obviously youngest to oldest and they're all just basically trying to kick ass like you said with ben who's trying to fight back um and then we have our main characters. Um, so, and I also have a note that it, I, I want to know how much blood it took to make this film because this is a really, really bloody, gory film. It kind of reminds me. A, that is a Patrick Lucier, Lucier, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, the director, uh, yeah, Hallmark. Like, that is, that is one of the things it reminds he does me of, um, the most. It reminds me of, did you watch Revenge yet? It's on Shudder. Oh, no, I have not seen it yet. That's kind of the same idea, especially at the end. You'll know what I mean. Because when you get to the the last few scenes of the movie, it's just fucking blood everywhere. Literally on the walls, on the floor, all over the people, um, all through this one house. And um, when I did the show with um, Paul for his, um, his podcast uh, a couple mm-hmm. months ago, um, we said how they probably had to tear that house down because there was just so much blood all over the walls when they were done filming. So definitely check that movie out. It's good. Um, so the one scene I think that was my favorite scene of the whole movie because it was so fucking badass was right at the end when we have Jensen Eccles who plays Tom and he's walking through the mine and he's breaking the lights. Oh yeah. So cool. So as he's breaking the lights, what's happening is um, he's breaking the light bulbs in the mine. And as each one pops, um, we get like a quick shot of him in the miners uh, killer costume. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. Like I, I actually like, rewound that part of the film and like watch it like three times because i just thought it was so cool because he looked so badass like he was the killer it he wasn't he wasn't jensen eccles anymore he wasn't dean anymore he was he was harry like he that i thought that that leads to the the interesting thing that i i took away i think from from this watch of the film uh i i am unsure i'm not 100 percent sure if this was actually a supernatural film or not Okay. Because you find out, you know, the whole reason or where Tom has been at least pat for the past seven of the ten years yeah. is he's been in a mental institution. Correct. Um, and now you know he's got medication, uh, but you don't know when he quite decides to become Harry Warden. And then you find out, you know, through the events of the story that, uh, you know, uh, the Tom Atkins, the old sheriff, uh, Ben, um, that they had chased Harry out, uh, they 
followed Harry out of the mine. Yeah. And they found him uh, dead, and they buried him. Uh, or they at least made sure he was dead, and they buried his body. Yeah. And when they are trying to prove to everyone else that uh, Harry is gone, they go to the grave, and they find that the grave is empty. Yeah. And so that's supposed to kind of hold me to, well, maybe Harry Warden is actually back. And then yeah. you get kind of later on in the film, you get the two dueling perspectives of Axel's trying to tell Sarah that Tom is uh, unwell and that he is the one doing the killing. And then you've got Tom, and both are equally convincing. That's where it's really well done. Yes, both I, I agree. Are really well, uh, really well thought out. Tom is trying to convince Sarah, like, hey, I know he's saying these things about me. I know I have problems, but no, I'm telling you, Axel's the killer. I found it, you know, this Valentine, I found all the boxes. Yeah. But when they flash back as, as it's being revealed that Tom is the killer, you you have Tom digging up the grave. And I I have a feeling, just knowing how kind of some mental health perspectives are, that a lot of things when you have issues is you're supposed to confront those issues to gain control over them. So I have to wonder when Tom was going to that grave, was he confronting this fear and this guilt that he had that, you know, he had killed these people and that, you know, he was responsible for Harry Warden losing his mind mm -hmm. and, and murdering his friends that, okay, I need to see Harry's body to know that this is all done. It's all in the past, but there's a weird thing when he's grabbing the mask and then he grabs the pickaxe. Yeah. And then, like you said, when, when, Axel says, you know, are you Harry or is Harry here? And and he goes, oh, I'm here. Yeah. Was was there something supernatural? Was actually Tom possessed by the vengeful spirit of Harry Warden? Because especially when you get that light bulb sequence, it's so, so masterfully done. It's well shot. Yeah. It's perfectly timed. Absolutely. And, I mean, and there are quick snippets of just bam, shot, bam, shot. Yep. And mm -hmm. it's like, and, and you even get a moment when Sarah, when, you know, Axel hands Sarah the gun and says, you've only got one bullet you've got to hit. Yeah. And and she goes, Tom, you see this moment where, like, Tom comes back to the forefront. Yeah. And then Harry immediately takes back over. Yeah. So I have, it, it's just an interesting kind of read of, of the film of maybe it wasn't really just Tom losing his mind. Maybe there was a supernatural aspect to it. I, 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 yeah, I know. I didn't even really think about it that way. That's a, that's an interesting point. Um, I think what happened was he, it could have possibly been him going to confront his fears. And I think when he saw the mask and saw the pickaxe, I think it was just, I think it just completely triggered him. I think it brought oh, him yeah. back to this, this crazy mental state he was in when it first happened. I think, um, I think it made him feel like the events had just taken place again. Um, I think it was an overwhelming sense of guilt. I think it was, um, him just, just going insane and not figuring out. It's kind of like he had, um, an on-site schizophrenia immediately. Right. Um, and it kind of just took over and, um, I, I mean, it's interesting to say something that Harry Warden would possess him. Unfortunately, we don't really know because it's not answered, which is kind of right. annoying. But, um, right, but it's a read that they like. I think that the filmmakers, whether intentional or not, like they kind of left that that out there because they certainly didn't like think of that the first time I saw it. I mean, I, I'm 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 with you primarily where I think like yeah, it's just him having a completely mental breakdown. Yeah, but watching it last night, I was like, oh, maybe because. 
going back to what I was going to, uh, that I kind of mentioned earlier. So there's this fantastic setup when you still, when you're, you know, you don't know that's Tom or anything where he's, uh, going down into the mine to, uh, talk to Ben and he's with, um, uh, again, I had the character's name in that, that this part one was uh, read as well. The guy who tried to throw a punch at him in the bar and ends up breaking the mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're oh, yeah. down into the mine shaft together and, um, uh, Red goes to call Ben on the on the phone, and uh, he tells Tom about the move. Well, Tom, you know, is doing a little bit of exploring, and he gets attacked by Harry and thrown into this cage, and then locked in the cage. And you don't really notice this, like the fir- I think the first time you watch this, you don't quite notice that. That's a lot of noise, and even with a guy on the phone, he's going to hear that noise, uh, and he's going to react to it. But you know, not not thinking that through, especially not knowing the twist at the end. And you see, you know, Tom trying to get uh, Red's attention as Harry's walking to Red, and Harry kills Red. Uh, and you know, you're and there's a really interesting thing though that if you look in the cage that Tom is locked in, in the background is the minor mask. I was gonna say the mask is in there. I do remember seeing yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. just like a and, little like Easter egg in there that they threw yeah. in there. Yeah, and I have—I don't think I've caught that any other time. Even knowing that twist, I think this was the first time I was like, "Oh, that's there." Because you know, he obviously in the actual sequence of events, he's—he dresses up in the suit, he kills Red, he uh, goes into the um, into the cage, breaks the pickaxe, causes the pickaxe to lock him in. And then he takes off everything because he's got to look like he's in the normal suit. Mm-hmm. And of course, all the evidence, because even there's a when they take him in and interrogate him later, uh, the deputy comes in and says, hey, you know, they can confirm he was locked in that cage. Yeah. Well, all the evidence that he killed Red is in that cage. It's in the cage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, I did. I, I, I did like how they kind of went back. And you know what? I think I think it is. I think the scenes at the end when they were going through how he was killing everyone, I feel like Tom took over every time, took back over every time he took the, it looks like, I don't know what they're called, but it was just the mask that goes over your face before you put on the actual mask. Um, It looked like a a swimmer's cap, (laughs) but like a really long one that you tuck into your, um, so I feel like every time that he would, they had, they had like three consecutive sequences of him removing this piece of material off of his head. And, um, he would take like a really big, deep breath. He would, it would be like, he would take it off and then he would be like, (gasps) kind of thing. And I feel like that was maybe Tom coming back and Harry kind of receding a little bit. Um, if that makes sense is kind of how I looked at it. Um, so yes, the twist at the end is that Harry, kind of took over his body supernaturally or psychologically it's not really explained um and then um did you watch the credits actually all the way until the end I don't think I so did. what I've been doing lately, especially with horror movies, is I scroll through the, the credits to get all the way until the end um, because I feel like there's sometimes there's things there. Sometimes there's, there's not. There was but some things to the Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All of them. Right. Um, yeah. So if you scroll until the to the last end of the scene, you're kind of sitting in this um, those carts that they would use and you're rounding a corner 
and um, he Tom comes out dressed as the killer around the corner, and he like throws the pickaxe. So oh, you know, I think I did. Yeah, when I actually saw it in theaters, yeah, uh huh. So I thought that was really cool um, because I missed that the first time. And I think from now on, I'm just going to stay until the credits are over when I go see movies. Because there's always, yeah, there's always stuff at the end. Like everybody leaves, but then you can wait until, because I'm pretty sure you used to work in a movie theater, right? They don't kick you out until the credits are all done, right? No, (laughs) there will be some, uh, like when when I worked at them, I worked at at the cinema and it was Especially if it was a movie I'd seen, I would uh, sometimes tell people because sometimes you have a really quick. And, and I was in like not a big chain theater; I was in a small private, privately owned movie theater. Okay, and sometimes cool. we had quick like turnaround for movies, and uh, so we we really, especially if it was one that like sold a lot of tickets, and we had to do a lot of cleaning. Um, if I knew it didn't have one, I would tell the uh people i say you're more than welcome to sit through but just so you know there's no nothing at the end of the film oh that's uh, awesome <laughs> and, and 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 only in those circumstances most times and now i mean and when i go to the movies now i i, t- I kind of gauge it on the film i'm seeing uh some films i'm like you know eh, there might be so I'll, i'm gonna sit through it and uh and other films I'm like yeah even if i miss something i'm not going to worry about it yeah yeah um, so, because, and especially, like like I said, having, I know that experience, I know that sometimes they're trying to clean these for other screenings, so unless it's it's a movie that I would care if there's a, an end credits thing, I'm going to go ahead and sit through it, Yeah. Uh, especially if there's other people in there as well. I think I sat through Halloween 2018, I think I sat through the credits through that. Um, was there any, was there anything at the end? I don't no, remember. There, I, I don't believe so. I don't, I don't think there was. Okay. I don't think there was either. Um, but at, at the end of it, uh, there actually is a uh, a laughter from from Pennywise. Yeah, I so, remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes there's little things. Sometimes there's uh, big things. But yeah, you know, it. They did film that in Pennsylvania. I was going to bring that up. What? When, uh, when uh, they when one of the cars shows up, I thought it had a Pennsylvania license plate, and I was going to ask uh, ask you that. And yeah, they. I, because I'm rolling the credits right now on Netflix, and, uh, and it just showed up that you know, they did a thanks for the state of Pennsylvania. Because I wasn't sure if there was a whole lot of mining in Pennsylvania. Oh, interesting. I, I know the... And... Okay. I wonder where. Did it say anywhere in Pennsylvania? Or yeah. it just said Pennsylvania? Um, I know the original, the 1981 was, was actually filmed in Nova Scotia, I believe. Filmed in yeah, yeah. so uh, there's a little fun fact about that. Apparently when they were filming the, um, they were filming yeah, in Nova Scotia, damn, in Nova Scotia when they were filming, um, the mine was, it worked, but they didn't, it wasn't operating, and apparently the town went in because they knew that a movie was going to be filmed, and they cleaned it, um, yeah. and then when the, when the film production crew and everybody got there, um, it was clean, so they had to make it dirty again. So apparently, that's, that's where. That's going to be the be a fact I was going to bring up. Yeah. So apparently, a lot of the the money that they went into to making the movie went to destroying the mine again. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Um, Pennsylvania, interesting. So it was shot in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I don't know where, but it, it was it was shot in Pennsylvania. Oh my goodness! Well, Pennsylvania is apparently pretty fucking haunted. Um, 
And it comes up a lot in, um, my sister, she'll tell me all the time. She'll be like, oh, this happened in Pennsylvania. This happened in Pennsylvania. And I'm like, great. I don't know why you're telling me this. (laughs) Um, but that's interesting. I'm trying to Google it, (coughs) excuse me, right now and see, um, if it'll tell me where it was filmed. It's probably somewhere I have no idea where. Um, I don't recall any mines being around the Philly area, so um, I don't think it'll say anything. Um, oh, Ford City, Pennsylvania. I don't know where that is. Whatever. Um, so let's see. We have... I guess we'll just get into which film do you like better? Did you like the original or did you like the remake? Okay, so both films I I, I really love, Um, especially, you know, considering I I saw the the remake first. Uh, Again, like not that was when I, you know, I was still kind of getting into my, uh, you know, horror. Same. We were like in the 19 or 20 or 21 or something. So this was, yeah. this guy's this like well, 10 years ago. So, <laughs> um, so I, you know, originally I would, I would say, I would have said like, that was my, my favorite. Um, but there, there is something about the, um, the original that I, I really like more. Um, and it's really tough, tough to say that because these are like on a scale, they are almost equal films for me because they're almost two distinct films. And, and I'll, I'll get into the, my pet cemetery thing here while, while I'm talking about this. Um, mm-hmm. But the original, I think like, like we mentioned earlier, the, the characters are, are more kind of fleshed out more and, uh, and, more fleshed out um they are more likable you get to understand who they are their interactions um whereas in the remake they're you know they're kind of just focusing on uh axel tom and sarah and you know they don't care about really any of the other ancillary characters so when you get to the deaths in the original film uh you know you feel for them you don't like seeing yeah. uh hollis die no like yeah exactly Howard die or any of the girlfriends die or dave getting his head shoved in the hot dog water and then shoved in the cooler and, <laughs> and no one finding his body the hot dog water forgot um, about the hot dog water <laughs> and uh so you know it, it's just there's something about it like even like with mabel and the sheriff the relationship between mabel and the, uh, and the sheriff and then you find you know the sheriff's the one who finds her body in the laundromat there's there's a lot of heartbreaking moments in that film that I think it just, it puts it a little bit more ahead of the remake because it it lets you identify with those characters. You get to know those characters more. Now going into about, uh, you know, the derivation between source material, like that I've talked about that cemetery thing where I'm a little upset about it. uh, I'm okay with this change of the, who the killer is, um, you know, cause originally when seeing the remake, you know, I thought that, you know, Tom slash TJ would have been the killer in the original film. And it was kind of a nice little surprise that it was Axel, you know, I wasn't expecting that it. it was something that yeah. really kind of shocked me the first time I saw the original film and people might go, well, okay, well, if you're fine with that film doing it, why aren't you okay with that cemetery doing that? And that's part of the, the problem is that, um, 
with at least with remaking the film, you're only really dealing with a screenplay, something that has gone through several rewrites and changes through the whole filmmaking process that it's not even necessarily the original thing that uh, I believe Stephen Miller was the writer of this, uh, okay. or the writer of the original film, uh, that you know maybe what came out as the final product for the original 1981 film may have not exactly been what he had set out uh, when he wrote the film in the first place. And, and there's something where, you know, as a remake uh, of just a film itself, it wants to stand apart from the original film, which it, it does, because it does only focus on those other characters. It adds in a mystery kind of aspect to the film. It, it, it uh, tries to take a more kind of interesting approach to the kills and to what's going on in this town. Whereas the original movie is more character focused, more uh, more story focused, where and and where Pet Cemetery doesn't kind of fall into that you know okay category for me is there is a definitive source material, there is a book, this correct, was written by Stephen, Stephen King, King. And mm-hmm. that's that's it, it's it's the Bible for the movie, like correct all the shows have show Bibles. There are things that you change, things that you don't change, and. By going and changing a certain key element to the inherent story itself, and this is what the issue I have with the Stanley Kubrick version. I of was the just gonna say that. I was just gonna say it reminds me. I wonder how Stephen King is gonna feel about this, and if he's gonna not like it, and it's gonna be like another Stanley Kubrick film all over again. I was wondering the same I think thing. It is because he has been tweeting about this film already, saying it's okay. a scary movie. Okay. Um, and I, my guess is because I Pet Cemetery versus The Shining, I think people are going to be more familiar with The Shining than they might be with Pet Cemetery. That's true. Uh, more of a cult following for The Shining versus The Pet Cemetery. Not even necessarily. Uh, uh, more of the book uh, is, is kind of where I'm going with that. Like, okay. People know the book more. Uh, at least I think they know the book more. May, maybe not. Uh, I mean, I always kind of knew it as a that was like a definitive Stephen King work. Correct. Cemetery, I kind of became more aware about later on in life. That's true. Uh, yeah, I did so, know. Yeah, I did read The Shining, but I did not read Pet Cemetery. So yeah. I can, can I can say that that's probably true. So, uh, you know, in a lot of issues, Stephen King, like like we have mentioned in the past, that uh, he had with Kubrick's version of The Shining, is he, it's not an adaptation of his book. It Correct. Is, it is a Stanley Kubrick film. It yeah. It's not not an adaptation of, of this novel. So yeah, because he wanted, yeah, he wanted the main, he wanted, um, the wife to be like a badass bitch and she was just a little bitch. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, um, you know, and changing certain things like with, uh, what happens to Scatman Crothers character. Yes. Yes. Correct. Which will be interesting to see how, uh, uh, Mike Flanagan deals with that in the, uh, sequel, uh, Dr. Sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. film that's going to be coming out later this year. Um, but when you have a definitive source material that's out there and you're making changes from that source material versus from a film that is just a film all on its own, I think that's where I come at it from a different perspective of saying it's it's not okay or it's something I don't like as much when... Um, when you make those changes to inherent story points. Correct. But with my bloody Valentine, I like the fact that you change up 
change up who the killer is between both versions of the film uh, because it it, uh, it 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 gave me that level of shock and surprise. Which maybe that will if they hadn't done this second trailer for Pet Cemetery, I probably would have had that same moment in the theater yeah. versus at my desk at work when I'm sneaking away and watching YouTube. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, but, um, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. But you know, it's it, it it was probably like talked about over and over again between the at least the the production team and the marketing team about should we reveal this now? Should we reveal it later? Well, maybe if we reveal it now, um, more people want to go see it because they want to trash talk it, but it doesn't matter because we're gonna get all their money, kind of thing. So I'm sure yeah, it was yeah, I'm yeah. sure it was talked about a lot. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, I think in the long run, the original My Bloody Valentine, uh, wins out because of the charm, uh, and likability of the characters. Mm. But that's not to say that I dislike the remake. Uh, it's so hard to choose between the two of them. And another interesting fact, because you mentioned this, uh, previously, uh, that you, you, uh, the kind of gore aspects, I think you were mentioning of the original, uh, um, kind of gore that it had like with that shower scene they actually had to uh cut down yes the gore yes get, yes i heard uh, about the that. ability to even release this in theaters yeah i heard about that because it was right when um something was something was going on with the films um it was it was they were, they were starting to crack down on um the horror scenes i i can't remember exactly i remember reading something about it because i do remember you saying that or i do remember somebody saying that and it triggered when you said that um so i'm trying to remember exactly but yes um and it kind of that reminded me a little bit of scream too because i know that they had to cut down a lot of their things too because the the film the, the i forget what that what do they call the fcc or something of the that's well, that's no, more tv yeah. though Yes, they movie picture association. Of America. Correct. The FCC is TV. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I did. I did uh, hear that and listen to that and read about it. So. So which of the uh, the two are is your favorite? Um, I'm gonna have to go with the original. I love the original a lot, just because like, and that's interesting. We both said that we liked the movie because of the likeness of the characters, um, which is which is true, and I think the reason why we both felt that way is because you don't really get that a lot in horror movies as I mentioned earlier um the people that are there kind of just there so the killer can kill them and I know I said that three times already but that's honestly (laughs) that's honestly what horror movies are like if you think back to to certain movies um that's what they do they don't want like it's hard if you connect with the character and you see them die because it makes you sad and when you watch horror movies you don't want to be sad (laughs) if i wanted to be if i wanted to be sad when i watched a movie i would go watch like a rom-com or something but that wouldn't make me sad it would just make me angry um so (laughs) but i think that's what it is because i wasn't expecting to to go into this movie because i like i said we watched the remake first so and i didn't connect with any of them i didn't give a shit that axel was shooting on sarah with with Megan I don't fucking care like whatever I didn't care that Tom killed all these people like whatever who cares like I want to see the the killers like I want to see the gore scenes um Mm -hmm. so that's when it was uh, it changed for me when I watched the 1981 the original because I was like oh I don't want them to die I want them to live and you're not supposed to think that in a horror movie but I think that's why I 
enjoyed that one more. There was more character development in the first one. I think, um, you know, the, the, the director and the, and the writers and everybody for the first one took their time and, and really made a good film versus the remake, which is good. And I'm, and I'm saying the same thing as Patrick. I did not like it. I liked the remake. I thought it was good. I liked the twist. I liked the, the 3d effect. Um, I like, well, not in the movies, but after, (laughs) um, uh, I liked, you know, the, 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 the actors in the movie were good. I liked them. Um, but I didn't, none of the characters resonated with me, so I didn't really care if they died or not. Um, but, uh, if I were to watch the movie again, I would pick the original over the remake for sure. So that's interesting. And I, and I honestly didn't think that that was going to happen because I never like originals. (laughs) I I was having a conversation with with a coworker recently about remakes and, and, uh, you know there are there are very few that actually stand out or stand ahead, uh, you know, above the the original film. In, in my opinion, I mean, I, I if if there's a film out there, I try to see the original before I see the remake, just so I can compare apples to apples. Uh, but you know, there uh, when it does try to make it its own thing. Uh, I have to give it credit, like, uh, you know, it gets shit on, but the Robocop remake uh, was actually not as bad as I think people try to make it out to be, because it didn't just recreate the story from the first film, it created certain, uh, you know, recreated certain elements of it, but it told its own story, it told an updated, more of its time story. It's kind of like Halloween. uh, Yeah, and and like uh, the Evil Dead uh, remake, although I don't I kind of consider it. I, I had this uh, personal theory with uh, with a coworker at the time that the Evil Dead remake wasn't so much as a remake as it was a sequel, and we had a a, a theory uh, that actually that the uh, main character played by uh, Jane Levy mm-hmm. uh, was uh, actually Ash's daughter, uh, and we had a really cool argument, uh, which uh, you know that's a podcast for another time. To go into, <laughs> but, uh, because I could talk on for hours about. I that. know it's your favorite. But, you know, yeah, so I mean, it, it's uh, there. There are certain ones when they're done right, and I think the the remake from My Bloody Valentine, even though it, it didn't reach our favorite out of the two, was still it's still well done. It, it it drove my interest to go and seek out the original when I found out it was a remake. Yeah, and uh, and I can still watch it. I can. I had no problem. I sat down and watched them back to back last night and still enjoyed the three hours I sat down there to enjoy the film. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy them. I watched, um, I watched the re or the original yesterday and I watched the, the remake the previous day. Um, but I did not. And I was a little skeptical because I, I was like, Oh, it's going to be the same movie over and over again, but it wasn't, they were two completely different movies. Um, so I did enjoy them a lot. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of any horror movies that I enjoyed. Well, obviously Halloween, I enjoyed the original. Um, you know, this the staples obviously are the ones that I, I'm I I enjoy. Um, but for the most part, I usually go for the newer ones. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised that I I did pick the the original. Um, so let me just check my notes, see if we have anything else. Um, 
so we talked about the kills we talked about the um oh another comment i wanted to make um is the original was more of a uh, a valentine's theme um so it 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 was more i think it correlated more with the title than the remake did um it was more valentine's day theme with the party kind of being the center of it all um and the remake sort of just threw in like valentine's day decorations and um let's just put up like they're it it really felt like they were very um blase about the valentine's day thing whereas the original one original mm -hmm. like carrie had uh valentine written warnings you know uh yes roses are red violets are blue one is dead and so are you. Yeah, you know, like stuff yeah, yeah, like that, yeah. That kind of kept with that Valentine. Uh, yeah, and he, yeah, yeah, and he gave them a warning about throwing the party too. I can't remember exactly what the Valentine's Day or what the what the Valentine oh, was. I, yeah, I, I can't remember. Um, but oh, it's, there, it's... Uh, there was one. Now there's two. Uh, cancel the dance, or there'll be more. That doesn't rhyme. But or the kind of... or I'm coming for you, or something no, like that. that, that so yeah, been... so he's yeah he's it was the first one is very Valentine's Day themed, whereas the second one, or I'm sorry, the remake could have just been like um. It could have just been like, oh, well, this is just a normal movie about this and this and this. And then I guess just it's Valentine's happens. Day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, here, here's an interesting little Easter egg that I noticed uh, while watching the remake and the original back to back. So the original, the Valentine's Day dance was taking, uh, Valentine's Day itself was on Saturday, February the 14th. Yes. Well, when, you, when Tom walks into the bar in the remake, there's a poster, and it says Valentine's Day dance, Saturday, February fourteenth. So they managed to kind of like, kind of at least keep that nice little tidbit from the first film, and and kind of put it in there as a little background Easter egg because they don't talk about the dance or anything like that. But it's kind of funny that they they might made sure that their Valentine's Day still fell on the same day as in the original film. Yeah, correct. Um, I did. I did like, I liked it. I liked it. They were, this was a good idea. This was actually Patrick's idea to do this um, for Valentine's Day. Um, I think I was kind of saying a couple months ago, I was just like, I want to have some like a theme for everything. And you're like, oh, well, we got to do My Bloody Valentine for um, for Valentine's Day. And I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> um, so I think um, I have all of my notes for everything. I think we covered pretty much everything. Um can you think of anything else you'd want to add? Um, uh, I, I, I would be remiss if I, I did kind of tease that if uh, I would have what they could have done with this remake. Oh, yes, yes, what yes. They could do as a sequel. So um, i got to remember exactly how I thought about this the other night. Um, so you have Axel going off into the dark and, um, you know, you don't know whether or not he's going to live or die. If you had made this this remake or if you had make make a sequel, you know, taking place 20, 30 years after the end of that first film, and you actually have maybe not have Axel come back as kind of the boogeyman that Harry Warden was, but have uh, you know, something where he he raised a, a new killer, a new Harry Warden to kind of come back and wreak revenge because he gives that kind of eerie warning at the end of the film of uh, the original you know saying like i'll be back i'll, I'll be back, back yeah and like maybe even just have it taking 
uh, coming back and getting revenge on, because uh, you would have to assume that Sarah and TJ uh, actually end up together by the end of that film, unless, you know, Sarah's just nuts and she tries to seek Axel back down and mm. you know, end up with him happily ever after. Yeah. Uh, that you could have done, that they could, could do or could have done something like that, that would have been really kind of interesting and a nice homage. Of course, it wouldn't have been the movie you and I would have seen because we wouldn't have had any idea about it. But yeah. if you would go with that like Halloween 2018 approach now and wanted to like make a sequel to that original film, that would be a really, I think you could do it with a really interesting uh, idea like that. I wonder, so could you imagine if like Sarah is the killer now? <laughs> well, if, you, if you're going from a time jump like that, she'd probably be too old. Or like Sarah's, or like Sarah's like, I don't know, mom or, or uh, not mom, <laughs> Sarah's like kid uh, or, something. or something. Or like her, yeah, like you could totally make it some, but then it would be like the original, well, yeah, it would resonate with the original because that's kind of what happened. So you yeah. could have like, um, let's say Axel and, or like TJ and Sarah got together and then they had a kid and then, or it was a son or something, um, and then Axel comes back and with one arm <laughs> and kills um, TJ and Sarah because they're together and then leaves, you know, their their kid an orphan and then he seeks revenge on the town or something. And then that yeah. would, that would, that, that's, that's literally right off the top of my head. So, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's just like when you think about it, it's like, yeah, you think, because oh, like a lot of films now are at least since Halloween 2018 was so successful, because they, they've done this with the Leprechaun series, with uh, Leprechaun Returns. I haven't seen it yet. I do want to watch it, though. Where they're kind of ignoring some of these ancillary sequels that yeah. are are a mixed bunch. You know, I, I still love every single Halloween movie, regardless of, you know, whether or not they were liked or disliked, even if they have issues. I still love them. Uh, I do have a, an interesting uh, theory that I think when I get the my official podcast uh, launched, I'm going to go into in great length about how actually all of the Halloween sequels uh, are actually still all tied together. That even though, including Season of the Witch, mm-hmm. even though uh, Halloween 2018 kind of erases all of them, I have an interesting uh, theory that I've not shared with anyone about how actually all these films could still all be connected. Uh, oh, fancy. So there you go, guys. A little uh, shameless plug there for critics, not cynics. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'm definitely looking interested interested in when you start your podcast. Um, so I think... I think that's it. I don't think I have anything else too much to say. I hope you guys um, have a good Valentine's Day. And I hope this podcast, if you're listening to it, um, you can be our Valentine's Day for the day, yeah, guys, if you're go. listening. Um, because you won't cut your heart out with a pickaxe. So. No, I won't do that. I won't do that. Um, so I think I was going to say something else and then I got distracted. Um, so yes, if you hate Valentine's Day or if you don't have a Valentine's Day, I would definitely go watch both of these movies and then come back and listen to our podcast so that, and then the day will be over by the time you're done with that. Cause this podcast is, <laughs> this podcast is almost two hours and then you have the movies, which is like three hours. So that's like five hours. So if you work a normal nine to five and you come home by the time you're done with all that, it'll be 10 o'clock time to go to bed. So you won't even have, to, you won't even know that it's Valentine's day. That's right. <laughs> with us. We have a solution for you guys. <laughs> Um, so I think that's it. That is our, uh, honest and horrific opinion on, um, the original 
and the remake of My Bloody Valentine. Did you guys like it? Did you hate it? Um, what is your honest and horrific opinion on this movie? Let me know. Tweet me. Um, and Patrick, what is your Twitter name so you, they can uh, follow you? Not cynics. Uh, the handle's a little bit weird. It's it's almost the same, except instead of having the O uh, in not, it's just NT. So it's just at critics NT cynics. Okay, you guys will see that in the show notes. Um, so thank you so much for listening to this episode of Horror Nights in Podcast with Patrick and I. Um, please remember to follow my podcast on whatever app you use, and if you could please rate it on iTunes, a five out of five. If you could please, um, if you enjoyed the show it's it helps when you comment and uh, rate because it's easier for people to find my show and enjoy it as well um and i would greatly appreciate it um so there you guys go we're gonna chat with you i'll actually chat with you guys on saturday because it is now thursday um so i'll see you guys and i'll chat with you guys in a couple days and happy motherfucking valentine's day bitches (laughs) um all right guys see ya Bye.